I hate to interrupt your regularly scheduled program, but now we are back to Icky Ichabod's Weird Cinema live at Grand Forks Best Source. Uh, how's it going, everyone? And remember, if you haven't downloaded Icky Ichabod yet, you must download it on your library. <laughs> did you come up with that on your own? Yes, I did. <laughs> Tonight, we're going to be talking about Hellraiser. So, God, I love, God, love you some Pinhead. Oh, uh, I, I want to get to that actually a little later. He doesn't like to be called Pinhead. Oh. Because I haven't seen this film in like five or six years. I've read the book like six times in the last three years. Yeah, I didn't even know it was a book. Yeah, it's a, it's a Clive Barker book. Oh. Clive Barker also made uh, the Books of Blood. Um damnation game all sorts of things uh candy man was actually made by uh clive barker clive barker is considered like one of the uh founders of body horror you know i, I know we talked about body horror when we were talking about the fly and clive barker and uh cronenberg are pretty much the elite in that field yeah i mean hellraiser is by far one of my favorite horror movies I don't get into those new ones like Saw and stuff where they're just kind of torture. I like the more bringing in the kind of fantasy realm. Yeah, yeah. And as Pinhead said in the film before we begin talking about this subject, such sights we have to show you. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's this kind of tagline. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, these are gory, but at the same time, I think that they're really artistic in a way, too, and they're they're. I think it's just great horror movies. Well, you know, coming from a literary perspective, Clive Barker was uh, both a painter and a writer. And uh, actually a lot of the the, the visuals, uh, like the Cenobites, like what they wear is based on S&M stuff, uh, gay S&M, because uh, Clive Barker was kind of into that stuff. He was interested by it. And Clive Barker is openly gay, actually, if I remember right. Oh, yeah, I have no idea. Now, yeah, I mean, now I could see like the S&M suit kind of getting into that i didn't well, you know the whole the whole story about hellraiser is about pleasure and pain you know to one person their pleasure will be pain and to one person their pain will be pleasure you know yeah you know i mean he has the the hooks on the chains that come out all the time and that's how he like rips people apart but i guess if you think about it there are those people that actually like hang themselves from their skin exactly you know and it's it's kind of weird um the box actually is called the Lamentured Configuration, if I remember my how to say it right. So is that something that he came up with, or was uh, it like a, a French a French clockmaker made it uh, apparently, or something like that? A French clockmaker who was kind of into the occult made the the box because it has that uh, that tune when it opens up. It's kind of like birds chirping, mm-hmm. and it says in the book, you know, that when the 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 portal between hell and 
earth was opening up, there was like a bell and then I think birds chirping. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a, what are there, five Hellraisers, I think? Like seven or eight. Oh, are there that many? And I believe uh, Doug Bradley has played Pinhead in every one except for maybe two or one or two of them. Yeah, you can't go, can't have a Hellraiser without him. I'd just ruin it. Doug Bradley's a great actor, though. Um, I, I don't know anything else that he's been in, but he was very iconic as Pinhead. And Pinhead has actually become kind of iconic in, in, the, in different things, too. Like, there's an episode of Family Guy where Peter goes, oh, we're going to raise more hell than Hellraiser. And Pinhead is sitting at a table with his wife, and she, she's going to pour the salt, and all the salt spills out everywhere. Okay. It had to take forever to put that makeup on. Oh, I've heard it, it did, you know. Yeah, it's really the one that really stuck out to me that I really liked was uh, where he actually went against the, he was like a mad scientist doctor. Dr. Sherrard. Yeah, and he ends up actually like. Being Pinhead. You yeah, know. he like battles Pinhead and beats him. But I think Pinhead comes back in the end and somehow takes him out. Well, uh. Pinhead came back up until Clive Barker's book, The Scarlet Gospel. Uh, it was two Clive Barker characters mixed up together. Harry D'Amore, I believe his name was, and Pinhead. And actually, um, that's the last uh, Pinhead novel that Clive Barker is ever going to make because Pinhead, he calls himself the Hell Priest, and he doesn't like being called Pinhead. That's kind of a derogatory term to him. Uh, actually tries to take over Lucifer's seat in hell, and they stop him, and Pinhead dies at the end of the book. Oh. And it's kind of weird because Pinhead originally in the Hellbound Heart, which is the first Hellraiser novel, was not a man. It was a woman. Really? I wonder why they changed that for the movie. You know, and it's kind of weird because every other iteration of Pinhead in the books, he's a man, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the cinnab or the cinnabites, cinnabites, cinnabites. Yeah, no cinnabites. I think those are like surreal. <laughs> they do a really good job, like because the you just kind of kind of see how he turns them into these like demon people with the different like things that are like usually in the room. Yeah, like there's a, a DJ one who has like CDs stuck in his head. Yeah, and then there's one called Butterball. Butterball apparently he was a, the the gluttony one of the of the group in the first film and second film I think, and he actually uh, cut a hole in his stomach so that he could have an excess route into his stomach for his food. I don't I'm I'm not sure which one it was, but there was also I think they were like these twin brothers and they ended the up sisters and they were like trying to trying to like infiltrate that guy's body. They're like. Their hands are going under his skin, and no, the one. Are you I, thinking of another one? I'm thinking of a different one where they, he actually puts them on like a like a grinder wheel, and he merges the two guys together. Oh, I, they, I, I haven't seen that one in a that's long. That's probably that's probably like Hellraiser five or something, but it was just so gross. And I think that's the one where uh, they actually might go into hell because they had like the hell hounds in it too. Yeah, but well, here here's one thing that's kind of cool. There, I think it was Hellraiser three, Hell on Earth. Pinhead was in like this this like totem pole that needed blood in order for it to uh you know let him loose. It's kind of cool because in the first movie Frank when he uh Frank is a 
kind of a guy who enjoys his pleasures and things like that. He opens the box and it rips him apart. But he's like, he's like, you know, in between hell and earth. And when his uh, ex-girlfriend's husband like bleeds on the floor, it starts making him come back. Mm-hmm. And so the whole hellbound heart and the whole hellraiser is about him trying to get away back from hell. And, uh, and well, basically she's murdering for him, you know. It's kind of a love story, you know, like we said about the fly. It's a love story. Well, the one thing uh, about Hellraiser, too, like Pinhead, from what if I uh, recall it right, he was actually like a guy in like a war. I think it was like World War One or something like that. Yeah, and he, he must have found the box in World War One, and then it turned him into Pinhead. I can't exactly yeah. remember. Um, and then I think in the the following movies, it's his daughter that opens the the box up. Some of them. Yeah. There was actually a, a movie called Hellraiser Hellworld that came out, which was just about a, a video game box. You know, there was no actual physical lament configuration in it. You know, and you know, obviously, like there's a lot that's uh, similar to Nightmare on Elm Street as far as the way that the uh, people are kind of, I guess you could say, tortured. <laughs> not a, not a Nightmare on Elm Street fan. Oh, I I am a Nightmare on Elm Street fan. I'm a big Nightmare on Elm Street fan, actually, and I'd like to do one of the Nightmare on Elm Street films for this show. I just don't know which one yet. I'm thinking Dream Warriors, though. So, who would win, Pinhead or Freddy Krueger? Who would win? Yeah. Both of them are kind of surreal characters because they're both not real. You know, one's from the Hell Dominion, the other's from the Dream Dominion. Um, they both have powers, out, you know, supernatural powers. Um, I think if Freddy won, he'd probably have a one-liner or something like that, which would be kind of cool. Um, I was reading... Uh, room org and they had a uh, a thing and it showed uh, J- freddie staring at jason and it, jason staring at freddie and he goes the first person to blink needs to tell leatherface he needs deodorant <laughs> ah i don't know i think i'd give it to pinhead you give it to pinhead yeah yeah pinhead's cool you know but he, he he's just so serious all the time and freddie krueger is mm-hmm. more humorous and and then again freddie krueger he does get pretty imaginative with his stuff Oh, yeah, you know, the later Nightmare on Elm Streets compared to, like, the first two. You know, the first Nightmare on Elm Street was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Second one, not so much. I wasn't a big fan of the, the new remake one. With uh, Jack Earl Haley? Yeah. I didn't like it either. Freddy Krueger was, like, referenced as a pedophile in that film. And, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of touched on that in the original films, but it wasn't as bad as the remake. Yeah. And, and, you know, no one can replace Robert England. It's like no one can replace Doug Bradley as Pinhead, you know? Yeah. If they're, if they're going to make another Hellraiser, they need to have Doug Bradley because he's the iconic Pinhead. It's like Ron Perlman as Hellboy or Kane Hodder as Jason or Robert England as Freddy Krueger or Angus Scrim as the tall man in Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It- doesn't seem to just have the same effect if you switch up the the actors on it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so Clive 
Because Clive Barker did this, he said, right? Yeah, Clive Barker. And did. he did Nightmare on Elm Street. No, he didn't do Nightmare on Elm Street. That was Wes Craven. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What else did Clive Barker do then? Uh, Night Nightbreed. Uh, didn't he do Dracula too? That was Bram Stoker's, I, I think. Remember. I just feel like Clive Barker's done a lot. He made more. a movie. I think uh, he did uh, Candyman. I think he did Rawhead Rex, which was a short story. He did Hellraiser, of course. He did uh, Night Sh- Nightbreed. He did um, uh, Lord of Illusions. Just to name a few. Okay. Lord of Illusions is a great movie, though. It's a long movie, but it's great. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. But after seeing this, I kind of want to go back and watch a, watch the hell, first first couple of Hellraisers again. They're they're a wonderful a wonderful view, but you you can't really have like a, a a weak stomach with this film, just because of the content and because of some of the gory effects and things like that. Oh yeah, he's got chains going through people and skin getting ripped off and all kinds of gore goreastic stuff. You, you know you know what I think is kind of cool with these films, like you mentioned it earlier, the Cenobites, mm-hmm. they basically make the movie. Oh yeah. Because of, they do such a wonderful job with the makeup effects and the characters that it's not even funny. I actually purchased a, uh, I'm surprised they had it at Walmart, but they had, remember the Chatter Demon? The one that like, oh, yeah. like this with his teeth? They had a, a Funko of him at Walmart. And I picked, one of my, like my, my friend's mother picked it up for me for, for, for Christmas one year or something like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, the thing is, you know, everybody's, you know, we always talk about everything is zombies and vampires and just overplayed. And but by the way, just to say something, vampires do not sparkle. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the, that was just a teeny bopper chick flick. But, you know, if you think about like the, the scare effect, if you had zombies walking down the road or you had the Cenobites walking down the road, which one would freak you out more? Probably the Cenobites because they're just more grotesque. Yeah, and I mean, they're... Unless it's like like zombies like from like the George Romero films or something like that. You know, know, just to talk about this because I I need to bring it up anyways. Um, When did zombies get fast? Yeah, I know. That drives me nuts. They're supposed to be slow and have numbers. That's like the thing. But you know, like the original, the original George Romero films and uh, Russo and Romero films were were good. Mm-hmm. And then, like with Shaun of the Dead and things like that, the zombies just became fast for some reason. They like run down the street and things like that. You know, even The Walking Dead. I I know this is blasphemy to a lot of people. I I I couldn't get into The Walking Dead, man. Mm-hmm. I watched three episodes and I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, the, I mean, I watched all of The Walking Dead, and it just started to get, I don't, actually, I don't even, did I finish it? I don't even know if I finished it, because it just got to the point where I was just like, all right, they just, this is just going nowhere forever. Well, you know, it's a, it's a great show mm -hmm. for those who like it, because I had a friend who was obsessed with it, bless his heart, he passed away last year. Um, But yeah, I mean, because now it's like, you get more of these like rage zombies is what I'd call them. Can I ask you a question? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
you know, we're talking about demons and things from hell and things like that. And I know I want to do this film later sometime, but Evil Dead has comparisons to Hellraiser. With, like, you read from the book, the demons come out, they possess you, they Mm -hmm. kill you, basically, you know, dead by dawn, dead by dawn. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's, there's a lot of correlation between, I think, Hellraiser and Evil Dead, too, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I wouldn't put them in the same category necessarily, but yeah, I mean, I can kind of see the, the demon aspect to it. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, I, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I thought it was kind of similar, you know, you're, you're basically opening a dimensional gateway with these, with these uh, books and or boxes or mm-hmm. whatnot. Oh, yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah, the Necronomicon and then you got the... What what they call the box in Hellraiser? Elementary configuration. Yeah. So yeah, maybe uh, we'll have to do one on uh, Evil Dead here coming up soon. I would like to do that actually. Actually, I I, I don't think I'm going to do the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to do Ash versus the Evil Dead. Okay. Because it's a revamp of the original Evil Dead. It's Ash after everything happens, and it's a TV show. It ran for three seasons. It's kind of funny. Because there's a doll called Ashy Slashy in it. You know, I I never really understood how they went from, I know we were talking about Hellraiser, but an Evil Dead, like Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2, those were pretty serious kind of scary movies. But then Army of Darkness was just a complete comedy. Well, here's, here's the thing, you know, Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2, they're just remakes of each other. Oh. They, they didn't have the rights to Evil Dead, so they remade it. Oh. So Evil Dead 2 is not a continuation. It is a sequel. Why did they, uh, well, a, with Army of Darkness, I mean, why did all of a sudden they just flip the script and go on comedy mode on that one? Well, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these uh, horror movie characters are comedic in a sense, like Freddy Krueger, Chucky, mm-hmm. Ginger Dead Man, which we've done. Yeah, so I guess I can see that. They all got their little one-liners and, and everything. you know, Pinhead has a couple one-liners himself, like such sites we have to show you or all tear your soul apart or... Mm-hmm whatnot you know but he really doesn't joke around if he joked around it might be a little bit better but i don't know i mean the the seriousness of his character is kind of what makes him and doug bradley does an awesome job with that yeah right well what are we going to talk about next week i don't know yet i'll give you a call later in the week and maybe we can set up maybe don't maybe uh so if people want to uh text or email us um, what your ideas would be for one to cover. We could review those and see what, uh, see That's what comes That's if up. I can find them, you know. Oh, I'll, I can get those. Okay. So, yeah, if anybody wants to comment what they would want to talk about, uh, uh, go to gfbestsource.com or text us at 701-213-0863. And remember to check out your uh, copy of Icky Ichabod's Frightmares coming soon to a novel near you. And remember to add us to your library.